Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show with Steve Cohen. Our special guest today is Chris Gerlofson. Chris, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You know, Chris, I am always amazed to find out a little bit more about uh, the people that we have on. Can you talk about where you grew up? I know where you grew up, but talk about that a little bit. And I want you to talk a little bit about your mom and dad. Sure, sure. Um, well, for me, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a in a very uh, sports fanatic city of Philadelphia. Um, you know, a great basketball town, but just a great overall sports town. And um, so, I think from an early age, my my love for sports and my passion for sports were were kind of developed early. And um, Bill, I know with you being a diehard Cowboys fan, we've had our, our conversations about the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry, but, um, you know, Philadelphia was a great city to grow up in, um, especially as just a young kid, you know, loving the game of basketball. And uh, my father was a longtime basketball coach, um, coach at the high school level and then at the college level for over 20 years. And so I've always been in the gym and been around the game since I was in basically diapers and, um, you know, uh, just been super lucky to just be around the game of basketball. And my mother was a, uh, was a, a teacher. Um, so I got to see the value of hard work and, um, you know, she was a teacher for 35 years, uh, in public school. And, um, so just, just had a really good upbringing, um, in that sense and got to experience a lot of good things in the, in the city of Philadelphia. Hey, talk about where your dad coached. Yeah, my dad. So he started as a, when I, before I was born, he was a high school coach, um, in, in New Jersey. Uh, and then he was fortunate enough. I don't think this would ever happen anymore, but he went from, uh, being a head high school coach to being a head college division one coach. Um, within three years, um, which is crazy. Um, he was fortunate. He was a head coach at the University of Massachusetts. Um, so at a young age, I, I moved and, and got a chance to be around Division One basketball as a, as a young kid. And, and that was absolutely amazing um, and kind of just stoked the fire in me to want to wanna do this, you know. And, and so I kind of, you know, followed in my father's footsteps and um, you know, it was always around the game. My parents wound up getting divorced um, when I was, I think, 10. So I moved back to Philadelphia with my mom, but um, was always still around the game and, and just lucky enough to, to see it at an early age. Hey, talk about what kind of kid you were in high school. I, I, I would love to see that. You know what? Uh, I, I probably... I wasn't a kid who got into a lot of trouble, but I, I was super competitive and, and super passionate about sports. And I think sometimes my, my mouth and my competitiveness got me in trouble, um, you know, and, and uh, but I was just a kid who, who, you name it, if you told me I need to drive 30 minutes to, to go get a pick, get in a pickup game, or I didn't care what neighborhood it was in. I just wanted to be around the game and, and, really sports was, was everything to me growing up. You know, I, I played basketball, baseball, football, soccer. I, I tried everything as a kid and, and just love being around sports in general and competing. Talk about your, you're leaving your senior year. You're going off to college. What college did you select? I know. And why did you select? So, you know, I was, I was, 
150 pounds graduating high school and, and I was a pretty good high school player and, and had some opportunities to go to some division two schools and um, but I decided to go division three route because I knew I wanted to coach and I wanted to be around the guy who had won a lot of games and, and somebody who could help me get into the business you know when I when I graduated college and so I went to a small school in Virginia called Randolph-Macon and um, it's kind of amazing kind of the, the, the band of coaches that have, have come out of just such a small school. Um, and I was fortunate enough to learn a lot from, from the guy that I played for uh, in college who's uh, unfortunately deceased now, but, um, you know, just learned a lot and just, you know, I don't know what made me go down to Virginia. I hadn't been to Virginia growing up, but, um, you know, I'm super happy that I did make that choice because it's impacted the rest of my life for sure. Talk about the main thing that you learned from that. That's an amazing story that you knew you wanted to coach at such a young age, but talk about what you really learned. Yeah, I mean, I thought I knew everything going to college, as a lot of kids do, and, and um, my coach was was old school, um, you know, and I learned the value of just discipline and hard work and what it really meant to prepare um, to win a game and, and how much it went into to winning, not just showing up on the day of the game. And um, it was just, it was an amazing experience. I, I could probably write a book about some of the stories, just, um, you know, funny, not so funny. Um, you know, it was, it was an experience for sure from a, for a kid, you know, from the East Coast going down to Virginia uh, and kind of being out of my element. Um, but again, it's just something that has really shaped, you know, my coaching career and, and who I am as a person. Talk about your first coaching job. Okay. Uh, I, had a, I had a feeling you were going to ask me about this. So this is actually funny. So my first job, I, I just knew I wanted to coach. I didn't care where it was, what level it was. Um, so my college coach called me into his office uh, on a Friday afternoon uh, in the spring of my senior year. And as you can imagine, most seniors during the spring of their senior year, they're worried about what they're going to do on the weekend and having a good time and all that. And he calls me into his office and he said, uh, son, I need you to go to your dorm room and, and put on the only pair of suit you have. I need you to get in the car and drive three and a half hours to, to Maryland to interview with a guy named Tom Finnegan. He was a division three head coach. Uh, he wants to offer you a job. So I said, all right, coach, I, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing. Uh, jumped in the car. Uh, it was about 95 degrees that day. And I had this suit on, I'm sweating like a, a pig. Um, but I get to this interview and, and um, sure enough, I guy wound up offering me a job and um, you know, I made $1,500 my first year in coaching. Um, and to me, again, the money was nothing. I just wanted to be around the game and learn. Uh, I had to work in a, in a liquor store um, at nights um, to help me get by. Um, and again, it's, it's something that has really just kind of shaped, you know, my path. And, and I wouldn't change anything for, for you know, the world. It was, it was an amazing experience, uh, something that Fortunate for me, it only lasted a year. I was I was fortunate enough to get a job, you know, after my first year there, where that actually paid 
Um, but again, to just think about, you know, the stuff that you do as a young guy, just wanting to get into the business, um, you know, is, is pretty remarkable. Um, how old were you then? I was, I was straight out of college. So I was 22, I think at the time, um, you know, eating ramen noodles and whatever I could to scrape by at night and working in a liquor store. And, but I just, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Steve, Steve would have liked the liquor store. So talk about, <laughs> your, talk about your next coaching move from there. Yeah, from there I went to, um, again, I, I a guy that was an assistant coach for me at the school I played for, got a head coaching job in Texas at a school called Southwestern University. Um, I had never stepped foot in Texas and as a 23-year-old kid he, he called me and said I'd love for you to come and be my assistant and I said sure coach I'll be there just tell me when you need me and I packed up a U-Haul and drove across country to, to Texas and I'll never forget it was 100 degrees I think for 30 straight days um, when I got to Texas and I was like had no idea where I was um, but again I was in Texas for two years and um, it's funny, you know, developed a lot of recruiting ties and, and everywhere I've been since then, I've always had Texas players on the roster. And, uh, so it's just kind of funny how things kind of come, you know, full circle and, uh, work out. So you leave Texas, mm -hmm. what's your next move? So from Texas, I went to the Citadel, uh, a military college in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, again, a young guy, and I think at the time I was one of the youngest Division One full-time assistants in the country, um, and worked my way up from being um, third assistant all the way to top assistant in, in a few years. And I actually, I think when I was 27 years old, I had the chance to coach a game. Uh, the head coach got kicked out of a game on the road. Uh, and so as a 27 year old kid, I'm, I'm coaching a game and he had to serve a suspension the next game. So I, I was fortunate enough to coach a game and win a game uh, when I was a young guy. And, and that's something that I always think about to this day. It was it was a pretty cool experience. Talk about Hartford. Yep. I, so from the Citadel, I went to uh, back to the East Coast and and went to Hartford, Connecticut and, and worked at the University of Hartford and worked for two, two different head coaches. Um, you're probably familiar, University of Hartford's known for Vin Baker. That's about the only thing they, they know about Hartford, but um, you know, a member of the dream team and um, you know, it was a, a small division one school and um, was fortunate enough to, to be around two guys who uh, are Philadelphia guys who I grew up with um, and so it was nice to kind of be back in my element a little bit and be around guys that I grew up with in Philadelphia and, and have a chance to work for them. Um, and those are eight, nine years that, uh, you know, again, I just learned a lot and, and got to be around some really great basketball minds and, and really good basketball people. So <clears throat> how do you get from Hartford to San Diego? Oh, that's, that's a jump. That's that's like going from hell to heaven. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was just by chance. Um, Lamont Smith, who got the San Diego job, 
actually called me to, to talk about um, some prep school players in New England um, right after he got in the job. It was late in the spring and um, they were just trying to, you know, find some players to, to bring in. They had some scholarships left and um, I had no idea that uh, our conversation was going to lead to him offering me a job. We were just talking about players and uh, two days later, my boss at Hartford called me and said, hey, you need to pick up the phone. Lamont Smith's going to call you and offer you a job. And I was astounded. I had no idea. Um, and so I had to think about it for about 30 seconds. Um, my better half, she, she's been chasing me all over the country and she grew up in Hawaii. So the chance for her to get back to somewhere warm um, was something that, you know, she made the decision for me very, very quickly. Um, but again, it's just, you know, a, a random phone conversation led to me, you know, being offered a job. And, and now I guess I'm considered a West Coast guy after being on the West Coast now for this would be like my ninth year. So it was good. Of the, but it was good of the head coach to allow you to leave. Right. I mean, for, for sure. No, it, that, that, yeah, that's that's, um, you know, John Gallagher is, is still the head coach at the University of Hartford. And, I mean, we've known each other since we were 12 years old in Philadelphia, playing against each other growing up um, on basketball courts. And um, so he, he knew at the time that that was the right move for me and, um, you know, pushed me to do it. And that's a testament to him and, and what kind of leader he is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, anytime you leave anywhere, it, it's, it's hard. And I've always had a – I've had a hard time leaving places because you, you, you kind of dig in and you establish relationships with the players and the people that you work with. And so it was nice to have your boss kind of nudge you um, to leave. Um, so that, that's something that I'm thankful for. Talk about how long you were at San Diego and you ended up going to the ultimate place, Hawaii. I did. I did. I was at San Diego for four years. Um, you know, the, the first two years we were there um, was a rebuild. You know, the program was not in a, in a great place uh, when we arrived, but we were fortunate enough to, to get it up and running. And, you know, for the first time in program history, we won 20, 20 games in back to back seasons and, um, you know, made a first appearance for them in the NIT. Um, you know, my last year at San Diego. So that was that was something that, you know, I'm super proud of is is that we were able to go into somewhere and really build the program up and get it to a point where it was operational and, and you know, back to winning. Um, and from there, I, I went to University of Hawaii and I, I was there for two years. Um, the first season, I, I was hired the end of August and I think October, somewhere right around October 20th, our head coach went on medical leave. Um, so I was thrust into being the head coach after only being at the school for basically two months. Uh, and I coached the first half of the season. Um, I think I coached 13 games. Uh, and that was an unbelievable experience for me. Um, and then COVID hit and everybody's world was thrown upside down. And um, the last year was a little bit challenging and being on the island, you know, during the COVID basketball season, but um, Hawaii is a special place. And, and again, my, my better half grew up there. That's where she was born and raised. So um, for her to be back home and be around her friends and family were, was pretty cool.
So talk about the next move, which was here, yep. USF. Talk about how that happened. So uh, me and Todd, we, we've had a, a kind of special relationship going back to, you know, when I came to San Diego, um, you know, we would always see each other on the road and we traveled to Europe on recruiting trips at the same time um, a few years. And it's kind of funny how you develop relationships with people through traveling, you know, through work and through recruiting. And he was always somebody who I thought um, really thought outside the box. And, and we always had like in-depth conversations and talked about things that you wouldn't, you know, talk to any old coach about. And uh, we just had a, a really good bond and developed a really good relationship and friendship, really. And, and so we, we always kept in touch. When I went to Hawaii, we were still always talking. And, and uh, when the position came open on his staff, he, he called and, you know, really wasn't much of a decision for me. Um, you know, I have all the respect in the world for him and I'm a little older than him, but, um, you know, I, I just thought that we would really work well together, um, you know, and I'd have a chance to come in and be a part of something special and help USF, um, you know, do something that it hasn't done in a long time. And, and I really believe in, in the administration here and, and our coaching staff and, and the team that we put in place. So I'm, I'm super excited to be here and um, just thankful for the opportunity. We're going to go back to USF in a second. You know, in, in your coaching career, talk about somebody we don't know who you felt was a really great player. Wow. I mean, shoot, could be more than one. Down, yeah, I could, I could go down, I could go down the list with with that. But um, I'll, I'll talk about somebody who you probably do remember um, first. Um, you probably remember Olin Carter, who was at San Diego. Um, he was an all-conference guard at San Diego, and he, he was just this unassuming kid who, who came in with not a lot of accolades. We signed him late um, in the spring at San Diego, and he was just a guy who um, you never had to tell to do anything. He was a sponge. He just wanted to watch film. He wanted to be in the gym. He, he was just a, a consummate worker. Um, his father, I think he gets it from his dad. His dad is, is a handyman in Dallas, Texas. Um, and he, he just learned the value of hard work and, and he just kept chipping away. And, and I never would have thought him as a freshman, he would wind up, he's playing in the G league now, uh, for the Texas legends. And he's just a guy who, who, just always got better and, and um, was a pleasure to coach. There was no complaining. There was no anything. He never complained about a thing uh, and just kept his head down and, and chipped away. And, and he's a guy who I would say you always, from year to year, he made a, a jump and an improvement in his game. And um, he was just a, a, a pleasure to coach. And, and so I'm super thankful and, and happy for him that he's playing in the G League. But there's been, there's been a number, a handful of guys that I could go down the list and say that about. Um, Isaiah Pinero was another guy at San Diego who was a hell of a player um, who's still playing professionally. And um, there's been some, some guys who, uh, University of Hartford, I had a few, but, um, 
you know, too many to name. And, and I'm a guy who loves to stay connected and keep in touch with guys he's coached. So I know some guys are probably going to be mad at me that I didn't drop their name right there. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's been special. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of good players. Talk about something a little different. Um, when I was here at USF, we had great leaders. When I was a freshman, I had, we had great seniors uh, who put us in the right direction. Give me a couple of great leaders basketball teams been with. That's a, that's a great question. Um, that's something I want to think about for a second. From a, from a player standpoint, um, I've been around a lot of lot of really good leaders. Um, I think the bet one of the best leaders I've been around was actually a guy I played with in in college, uh, who was a teammate of mine and my roommate. Um, his name's Sean Macklin. He's actually the head coach at IMG Academy in Florida now coaching all four and five star recruits. Um, but he was a guy who um, I think the best leaders are the guys who can lead by example, but also have a voice. Um, and he was a guy who did that. And um, it's hard to lead if you're not working harder than everyone on a daily basis. And, and he was a guy who um, he practiced what he preached and he, he just dated day in, day out. He just worked his butt off and, and, um, but I, I could probably reference a lot of players that, you know, on, on teams I've coached this is my 20 shoot. We don't even need to say what year this is for me coaching, but I've been around a lot of leaders and a lot of good, good players who've um, influenced a team in the right way. Okay. And that let's talk about our team this year. Uh, are we excited? Super excited. I'm, I'm sitting here looking while we're sitting here talking. I'm looking at our schedule right here because we have four games in eight days coming up next week. And um, so I'm knee deep in the in the prep game right now, um, watching film on on LIU and, and prayer, getting into Prairie View. And I have the Davidson scout next Saturday. So um, this is the best time of the year. It's the best time of the year when you're excited about your team, too. And, and um, I think we have a group, um, and, and I hope you can attest to this as well for, you know, sitting at practice almost every day, but I think this is a really unique, um, special team that I don't know if USF's had a team like this, you know, in, in recent history. And so I'm, I'm excited for the fans. Obviously, we're having no fans last year for the fans to see, you know, what we put in place, but I think it's going to be a special year for us for sure. Stevie? I was going to ask about. I was going to ask you about recruiting, right? What, mm -hmm. You know, I think that's something where you have to like it, right? Like in order to be a good recruiter, right? Absolutely. No, that recruiting is a skill for sure, um, and and um, it's something that that I think with experience and and as you age and mature, it's something that that you learn about. Um, you know, as a, a 22, 23, 24-year-old kid, I didn't know anything, um, but I did know that I was going to try to outwork people on a recruiting trail and really develop meaningful relationships. And um, at the end of the day, I think that's the most important thing is being able to relate, uh, connect with kids, connect with parents, 
um, and be able to talk their language. And, and um, I think that translates to coaching too. You know, you need to be able to, to explain and, and, um, and talk the kid and relate to him on a level that is going to make sense to him. It doesn't matter if I understand it. Um, kids need to understand it. And I think that's, that's what a teacher does. Um, and, but to me, again, everything is about the relationship piece and um, being able to connect. If you can connect with the kid and his parents, I think you can be become a really good recruiter. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's work and it's, it's something that, you know, takes time for sure. They have to trust you, obviously. No, and that, and yes, the trust factor, that means any relationship doesn't mean anything if there isn't trust. And, and um, so from a recruiting standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, um, you have to gain the trust of the players. And then I think everything has a chance to really fall into place. Let's talk about your family. Yep. So um, my better half, she's, again, she's, she's born and raised in Hawaii. She's here with me. No children yet. Um, but obviously that's hopefully in the works here pretty soon as I'm getting, I'm getting older. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a great family still back in the Philadelphia area. Um, my mother is probably the biggest college basketball fan in the world. She texts me about random games. She'll watch any game on television and call and break it down for me. Um, yeah, just just blessed to have a really good support system and, and family back in Philadelphia. I have three unbelievable nephews that, um, you know, I kind of see a little version of me and them growing up. They love basketball and love sports. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful for the, for the people I have in my life. Well, Chris, I, we are so pleased uh, you were able to come on today. Um, I do think we have something special going on uh, at USF uh, with both the guys and the gals. Gals' schedule is a little tougher, but um, uh, I'm just looking for some great things to happen, and uh, I think you are too, but Thank you so much for being on. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you down in the gym. And yeah, I do get down there every day. Hopefully we'll get Steve down there one day. He's a Michigan guy, so he probably hasn't learned a lesson yet. <laughs> Let's go, Steve. You know, you're, you're more than welcome anytime. Let's get you down here. I would love it. Thanks, Chris. I'm excited yep. to be at War Memorial. Absolutely. It's been great having a chance to connect with you guys and talk and um, always good to talk to a legend in, in Bill. So um, look forward to seeing you at practice hopefully today, Bill. I'll be there. <laughs>